Welcome to the Spanish Arpada. I'm Sarah. And I am Peter. And we are ranking and reviewing all of the rulers of Spain from Leovigild to Felipe VI. And this time we are going to be reviewing Inigo Arista. Okay. And yeah. Go so ahead where's this and, guy from? Yes. 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 Uh, I believe I know the answer to this. <laughs> yes, because he's got an Enya in his name. Inigo exactly. Arista is Basque. So this is our mm. very first king of the Basques. Okay. This should be All fun. Right. I yes, mentioned yes. in our background Basque episode that there's not a lot of source material for the Basques until we right. get much further on. So I'm going to be relying a lot on secondary sources. I'm going to be relying mm. a lot on incidental mentions in other chronicles. <laughs> All right. Is this going to be a very short episode? This is going to um, be short-ish, but there's, okay. there is a lot of action packed. All right. This. Well, you know, I, I can I can handle that as well. Good. Yes. <laughs> well, let's get started with Inigo Arista, who is this guy. Okay. We think he was born in the like the 780s okay not 100% certain he is referred to in several arabic sources okay. as wanako ibn wanako <laughs> well that's not even close really it's not even close but it does it does suggest that inigo's father was named hmm. inigo in, yeah yeah, that right. it was Inigo we, we, son we got of that. Inigo. We, Inigo son of Inigo, okay. Yes. Right. Arista is actually not a name. It's kind of like Charles Martel or Charlemagne. Arista right. is a nickname, mm-hmm. and it means the oak. Resilient. The oak. Yes. Oh, wow. All right. Not a, not a, you know, if you have to have a nickname, uh, trees are usually uh, complimentary. Well, um, I'm thinking about the tree worship that we talked about in the. Well, opening. all right, yeah. there you go. Okay, so, sure. Yeah, I think I think trees are are important. Nice. All right. Right. So we don't know too much about his background. Uh, one mm-hmm. thing that we do know, apart from the fact that his father was possibly named Inigo, mm-hmm. is that his mother was also married. Apart from being married to Inigo Arista's father was mm-hmm. also married to a member of the Banukasi clan. Oh, right? uh, all right. So comes from a powerful lineage. Yes. Um, so so Inigo Arista was born, and it's thought that his father died when little Inigo was still young. This mm-hmm. would explain why we don't know too much about him. Sure. But it would also explain the fact that in a lot of sources, Inigo Arista's mother is also mentioned as being the mother of Musa ibn Musa. Oh. Uh, so, so it oh. is thought that after Inigo Arista's father died, his mother uh, got remarried, remarried to Fortun ibn Musa and then had Musa ibn Musa. So they are half Half brothers. Yes. Wow, this is very fantasy saga uh narrative okay All now right. i must say that um the genealogy of the banu kasi clan is a little difficult to put together and mm. so in some other sources they are referred to as cousins or even mm. as uncle and nephew oh wow right all right yeah, this is yeah, being the uncle and musa right. being the nephew so they're close on the family tree, but how close, we're not sure. Yes, we're not 100% certain how they are related, but they are definitely related. Mm, right? All right. We know that Inigo Arista's family was important in the area, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. remember up until this point, there was not really an overarching leadership of the Basque territory. Right. You mentioned they're sort of a 
tribal collective type. Okay. Right. You can't really say that he comes from royalty, but you can say that they were important power players. Right. Right. It's like being a Kennedy. You're not technically royalty, but people know your name. He's around. He's important. His family Mm -hmm. is important, but he really comes to prominence in the uprising that occurred after the Battle of Pancorbo in 814. 814, yes, got right. it. So he mm-hmm. would have been in his 30s. Mm, okay. Early good. 30s. All right, good good age, excellent. Yes. Basically what happened at the Battle of Pancorbo was a lot of fighting in between Frankish forces who mm-hmm. wanted to extend their power over the Pyrenees into the Marcher uh, counties, uh, right. the, what we think of as the Spain side of the Pyrenees, mm-hmm. and the ruling class in Cordoba. Mm -hmm. Because this area was under the influence and under the control of Al-Andalus. Right, right. Right. So this this is is this yet another Christian versus Muslim or I mean, is it it fought under that pretext, I guess, is, is the question or is it more personal political? It's more political. I think definitely. Yeah. Okay. It's more political. But after 814-816, when the Battle of Mm -hmm. San Corbo uh, occurs, is when Inigo Arista is really started to be looked at as the leader in Pamplona. Mm -hmm. All right. A lot of people, there's there's no sources that talk about a coronation, for example, Mm -hmm. or an official crowning ceremony. But most people will date the beginning of his rule from 824. Oh, that's a while after the uprising. It took do a while. We, do we know which side, at least initially, he favored, or was he sort of non-committed from the beginning? No, I think he didn't favor either side. I okay, gotcha. I think the he, reason that he um, emerged as the leader after mm-hmm. all of this uprising was because he didn't want to swear fealty to Louis the Pious, and right. he did not want to be a part of Al-Andalus anymore. Of course, of course. All right, now that makes sense. You know, sort of, you're sort of the local guy who basically makes it clear that as far as you are concerned and your people are concerned this is a battle that is being fought in your area but not by your area exactly and it just continues the sorts of things that we talked about in the background episode where huge armies would just come through the area just disrupting the economy, disrupting mm-hmm. the normal people's way of life, you know, the mm-hmm. uninvolved people's way of life. And I could definitely see how Inigo Arista would be like, you know what? Yeah. No, Somewhere throughout the annals it. of history, the people of Poland are looking across at the Basques and say, join the club. One of the first interesting things that happens when mm-hmm. Inigo Arista rises to prominence is his co-opting or taking over of the county of Aragon. Ah, all right. So all I right. mentioned the county of Aragon, which is directly yes. to the east of of uh, Pamplona, of Navarre, mm-hmm. of where um, Inigo Arista's power base is. And I mentioned that this is this is a county that had been set up by Louis the Pious. And I, I mentioned that the count at this time was mm-hmm. a guy named Aznar Galindez. You did. Yes. And he's a local. He's a Basque. He, and he is, yeah, the Basque, but, uh, but a Basque loyal to Louis. So that's... He was loyal to Louis. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, Aznar Galindez had a daughter. Ah, the sources okay. call her Matrona. And she was <laughs> married to a guy named Garcia, which is an mm. interesting name. Garcia is more of a Galician 
style name. Right. I don't know how he got all the way to Aragon. But yeah, that's, regardless. That's a very, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> regardless. They were married. And, mm-hmm. But Garcia is, you know, he is not part of the family. He's he's important, but he's not part of the, the count. You know, he, he was not chosen by Louis the Pious to be in charge. No. Okay. Right? And mm-hmm. you kind of get the sense that Asnar Galindis's family looked down on him a little bit. Okay. All right. At about 819, 820, right at the beginning of Inigo Arista's rise to prominence, Garcia had a prank played on him by his brothers-in-law. Oh, no. <laughs> his, his wife's two brothers played a prank uh-huh. on him. Uh-huh. They locked him in a house, and they ran away and wouldn't run about, and then they laughed at him. <laughs> that's 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 less of a prank and more of a kidnapping it is um, more of a kidnapping yeah, yeah that's a good point uh, okay um <laughs> well he got big mad at yeah yeah he did big mad so he did three things oh no number one he murdered one of his brothers oh hell okay uh you know that's an overreaction uh the second i understand thing- uh-huh. The second thing he did was he repudiated his wife as Nargalindis' Oh, golly. Uh-huh. And the third thing he did was he got married to Inigo Arista's daughter. So he, now, now Inigo Arista at about this time is in his 30s. Uh, if whoa. he has a daughter. She's a wee She's thing. not getting married at this right. point. Right, no. So we should see this less as like a repudiation of her for another woman and more as a political maneuver. Oh, no, no. That's definitely a severing of an alliance and a forging of a different alliance. It's not, yeah, no. So we should understand this as Garcia, who, by the way, is known to history as Garcia the Bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. We should see this as Garcia, who has had enough of his in-laws and decides that he's going to throw the entirety of northern Spain into turmoil over it. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. He approaches Inigo Arista, makes this marriage alliance with him, which will come Uh, to fruition in uh, later uh, years, I assume. uh, Okay. And then Inigo Arista helps Garcia raise an army and they go and they overthrow Asnar Which was the point all along. Which was the whole point yes. all along. All yes. right. So from this point on, up until the year like 1030, the county of Aragon is no longer a marcher county with fealty right. towards... The, we are the, no the longer French. loyal to Louis. Yeah, They are okay. now loyal to the kings of Pamplona. Aha. Yes. All right. So we're going to keep Aragon with us until we get to that point, and then we'll. All right. Off. All right. So you can see how this building up of power and building up of influence went for Inigo, right? Absolutely. We have the uprising. We mm-hmm. have, you know, the the sense that they don't want to be loyal to either the Franks right. or the Muslims. Mm-hmm. We have this opportunity handed to him to to take over influence in Aragon. Exactly. We yes. established the, you know, uh, original uh, location, and now we start to expand. So, uh, yeah, by 824, Inigo Arista is firmly in charge in the, okay, I keep saying the Basque country, but I'm going to be a little more specific. Okay. Who is the king of Pamplona? All right. Yeah. Okay, got it. How how much authority he exercised in the highlands of the Basque county is debatable. 
Oh, very debatable. Uh, yes. It's not like they have a culture of absolute fealty. Um, on the other hand, he is a local. He literally speaks yes. the language. So if someone has to be, to use the term, nominally in charge, better him than anyone else. Yes. Yeah. As you say, he is Basque. You mm -hmm. know, he does have ties to the area. And right. he apparently has the the wherewithal to take advantage of a tumultuous situation to turn things out better for the area. Right. So Local why not? kid makes good. Absolutely. Yes. Why not? Then we have maybe about 20 years. Wow. Of no news. Uh -huh. Well, I mean, good. Just because uh, within the terms of this show, 20 years of nothing happening is 20 years of me not crying. Yes. Um, no, that is so, true. So that's good. And then we get to the rebellion of Musa Ibn Musa. Right. Oh, the half-brother. Yes. Mentioned this in Abdul Rahman II's episode. Yes. Yes, right? he did. Ostensibly, this was over a kinsman of theirs being deprived of their land. Right, right. right. Not 100% certain, but Musa right. ibn Musa was angry about this and rebelled against his fealty towards yes. Cordoba. Yes. And got Inigo Arista in on it because oh, they are Oh, he pulled him in. Yeah. He pulled him All in. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. All right. So this is the year 840. Just to cast my mind back, this is the one where al Rockman died before... He died okay, before yes. the... Uh, yes, the all right. Denouement of this. Very narratively frustrating. Yes, um, very narratively frustrating. They rise in rebellion together mm -hmm. against Abd al-Rahman II. Yep. This, of course, leads to a reprisal by Abd yep. al-Rahman II. Because, of course... Um, Actually, Abd al-Rahman II didn't go himself. He sent one of his many, many, many sons. Uh, boy, he had many to choose from. <laughs> he had um, a lot to choose from. You know from. what? Why not send three or four? You got them. <laughs> well, this this was this was a man named Mutarif. They fought uh, in the area uh, near Serdania. The Cordoban army mm -hmm. was defeated. Uh -huh. A couple of commanders were taken in 843. However, Cordoba then regrouped and sent a just absolutely massive force in 844. Ah, all and right. just completely decimated the the Basque resistance. Yeah, of course. Yes. All Musa right. Inigo barely made it out alive. Mm. Hundreds of the Pamplona nobility uh, defected to Cordoba. Did not. Oh, 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 oh no, right. they made yes. it. They oh. just defected oh, they made to it Cordoba. Alive. <laughs> All right, sure. All right. Just kidding. We we really always loved you. <laughs> yes. Musa ibn Musa then uh, submits. He then says, I'm sorry. You know, okay. I, I don't know what I was thinking. Fine. Okay, that's fine. And he, and he mm. ended up submitting to Muhammad, who was mm. uh, Abdel Rahman II's son. Right. Uh, okay, yeah. sure. Uh, offered his sons as hostages, and they actually grew up in the court, and uh, actually this ends up increasing the power of the Marukasi, because there are right. even more links between those two. Yeah. Also, if you have a chance to grow up in the court of Al-Rakman, mm -hmm. grow up in the court of Al-Rakman, that yes. place is a just non-stop yes. uh, party. Okay. <laughs> yes. So general peace was achieved in about 845. Okay. Mm -hmm. Musa will attempt to rise in rebellion again, but the support that he gets from Inigo is less. Yeah, impressive. fool me once, bro. I, I, <laughs> yeah, uh uh. Yes. 
Inigo and uh, Musa Ibn Musa's families did again intermarry during this okay. time. Musa Ibn Musa mm-hmm. and Inigo are either uncle and son or half-brothers. And it looks like Inigo's daughter, Asona, mm-hmm. then okay. gets married to Musa Ibn Musa. Oh, all right. Okay. So this is either an uncle-niece marriage niece, yeah. or a, a cousin marriage. I'm uh, not 100% certain uh, uh, how that would be. Whatever. It's a little too proximate to feel really good about it. Well, this is the second intermarriage in just one generation you know just in oh, the subsequent yeah. generation another another intermarriage guys people are gonna start growing big chins please stop doing this yeah <laughs> so asona his daughter gets married to musa ibn musa okay inigo arista also has three other children okay uh one of whom is named garcia Iniguez. obviously mm-hmm. the, that is ending is the patronymic so yes he, he is going to be the successor as king of pamplona all right um, he has another son named Galindo who doesn't he, he fled to Cordoba and all of the uprising and I think he he defected mm. and stayed there mm-hmm. and finally he had another daughter who ended up uh, this is the one that married Garcia the Bad all right okay yes. she's never so, named oh well that's yes. that's worrisome um, <laughs> I meant to ask uh, yeah. is that his has he taken a title has is he now king of pamplona is that his is that yes. his title okay yes he is called the king of pamplona now this the, okay. the seeds of the kingdom of navarre are here mm-hmm. okay because pamplona is in navarre right and again bells are probably going off in your yes. head of how many yes. important people in english history and european yes. history have yes. of navarre of navarre yeah right this is this there's there's uh there complications will ensue yes but <laughs> typically inigo arista is called the king of pamplona okay rather right. than the king of navarre all right. right all right he he is remembered as the founder of the nation of navarre but he got ill towards the end of his life and his oh son garcia uh was regent for him for mm-hmm. a little bit and then he passed away uh early 852 oh okay well i mean it is an um, impressively long time for the amount of detail that right. we don't have about him right yes. right huh okay. but that was the life and reign of uh, inigo arista all right not bad are you ready to rate him <laughs> i i suppose i am Conquistadores, how much territory did he conquer and how good was he at war? Well, he founded a whole kingdom. Right. I mean, you know, snap of a finger and suddenly the map has changed color. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, But we do need to ask ourselves what, how extensive was this kingdom? Mm-hmm. I could definitely see a scenario where he was in charge in Pamplona, and that's about it. I don't know if it's a kingdom where if you drove across it, you'd have to fill up your car a second time. At the same time, though, um, 
The links with Musa Ibn Musa definitely make his power seem like it reaches more than it probably did. Right, right. I will uh, say that. There, there is, and, and there is, thanks to the spectacularly uh, risky uh, alliance with Garcia the Bad, mm -hmm. uh, an expansion uh, element to That his... is true. The uh, the county of Aragon is now under right. the Aegeus of Navarre yes. and will so... be for another 200 years. So that's Plus. that's a thing for yeah. sure. On the other hand, uh 844 happens mm -hmm. uh and boy that's a big old loss. Yeah, now, isn't him it? him and his half brother that didn't pay right. off for them. Uh yeah, anytime you have to and this is the phrase, flee with your life. Um mm -hmm. I think that's got to dock you some points. Peace is achieved in 845, but it's a peace that's clearly favoring Al-Andalus. However, um, yeah. And I don't even know how he was able to do this. Mm -hmm. But he escaped rather unscathed. That is this. true. That is true. All I mean, it's of not the like he stopped being not right. like he stopped being king. I mean, he he took it and he did hold it. Right. All of the consequences fell on Musa Ibn Musa and his sons. Right. Right. Which to be fair, it was Musa's. You know, it was. Of, this was this, Musa's bag. But... This was your party. Uh, you know, you're the one that has to pick up the check. But well, he was able to continue for another five, mm -hmm. six years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Died, how died healthy he was great. during those years, not, right. not great. But I don't um, know. I'm thinking like a five. Okay. I was going to go with four. Yeah, um, I was between four and five, yeah. but four seems stingy for someone who set up a whole kingdom. That is true. Um, all right. I will. Yeah, set up a kingdom. You get a five. I think that's. I think. I that's think fair. so. So yeah. sure. Um. All right. Or, so let's say five. All right, five from you. Five from me. That is a ten mm -hmm. for conquistador. Second category is no me digas. What sort of scandaly things did he? I do? mean, he himself. See, I mean. He was, there were shady people around him, but mm -hmm. he doesn't appear to have been shady himself. Marrying your daughter to Garcia the Bad is not great. To a guy called, who's known to history as Garcia the Bad. <laughs> I not mean, great. I want to be there when he told her what was going to happen. Right? I mean, she Honey? was probably three yeah. or four years old at the time. Right. So. Okay. okay, sweetie. Good news, bad news. Um <laughs> We, when we, you grow up, yeah. guess who your husband's gonna be? Yeah. Anyway, uh, look here. Here's the thing. I, I'm gonna probably be a little more hands off in the parenting these days because I don't want to get attached. Uh. Yeah. Well, there's no indication that the marriage. Well, there's no indication of the marriage at all. Right. Right. I mean, this might have been one thing where they never actually met. It was on paper, and right. There's not. There's, there's not lot, really a lot. There's not really a lot here. I mean, obviously, a lot of this has to do with we we don't have any direct chronicles records mm -hmm. of him. As you say, this is this is he is a he is a side character in the chronicles of others. Unfortunately, that means that there's really not. I mean, the only, as I say, marrying your daughter to a guy nicknamed the Bad. Okay, I'm gonna say a few things. Uh -huh. about that behind your back but other than that you know he, yeah. he seems to have done a, a pretty decent job uh and 
yeah, there's there's just not a lot there. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say two. I'm thinking two. Yeah, that was that was mine as well. No, two I mean, for marrying your probably infant daughter to a guy named the bad. Nicknamed the bad. Yeah, that's 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 a lot. Yeah. Uh, but it seems to be the only thing. So it does. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that is a four for No Me Digas. The next category is orthodoxia. There actually is quite a bit to talk about with. Oh, is there? Yes, okay. there is. I, sometimes right. I save some stuff for the categories, and ah, this is one of all those. Right. All right. So Good. I'm going to tell you a story about a priest from Cordoba named Eulogius. Okay. Right. This <laughs> did he guy, walk into a bar? Uh, no, sorry, but he <laughs> did take a little a little vacation. Okay. And he all took right. this vacation to Pamplona in okay. about the year 848. Okay. Right. So he takes this visit up to Pamplona and he wrote letters when he got back to his host, mm -hmm. uh, which is Bishop Willisind of Pamplona. OK, and still got those. Uh, those yeah, we still got the bishoprics. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So he, he wrote letters. And uh, but the main thing that happened on this trip, which we know from the letters that he wrote, right. is, is that he visited a large number of monasteries. All right. Yes. So he he visited one in Lair and one in mm -hmm. Ciresa, and then he visited one that we haven't been able to find or find records of, but he called it the Monastery of St. Zacharias. Oh, all This right. is important that he visited yeah. all these monasteries, mm -hmm. because when he was there, he took, well, he didn't take, he was given mm -hmm. or co given copies of a whole bunch of manuscripts that he took back to Cordoba. Huh. This includes right. Augustine's City of God, Virgil's Aeneid, the Statue oh, wow. of Juvenal and Horace, the Fables oh. of Venus, like tons and tons of ancient That texts. was a very, very tired, I'm guessing, mule dragging so, behind it. Books are heavy. You ever Oh, move? yeah. No, and Books these are, are heavy. These are handwritten <laughs> manuscripts, man. Yeah. They must have been huge. But he took all these manuscripts back to Cordoba, and it actually inspired a literary renaissance among right. the this Christians is, in Cordoba. This is amazing. Because uh, now they have huh. access to all of these ancient texts that they didn't have before. Oh, wow. Um, so that's right. a cool story on its that own. Is a cool story, yes. But the implications of it are that there were these monasteries up in the mountains of the Basque country that uh, were financed by important Basques that uh -huh. were continuing to copy and keep current their library. Oh, this is this is how the Irish saved civilization. We've got it's, it's, the, it's the right exact along the same, same thing line. going there. All right, all yes, right. Exactly. Nice. Had a huge effect on Mozarabic culture in mm -hmm. in Cordoba. Right. And um the monasteries themselves, one of them specifically, I think it was the one at Lair, was patronized or, or was set up by mm -hmm. Inigo Arista. Okay. Like All he right. donated the money for it to start. And there are legends that he's buried there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Okay. So it's fascinating to think yes. that this little sliver of isolated country mm -hmm. was was doing all of this cultural was, work. You had a time capsule. You had yeah, you know, things being preserved. Yeah, basically. Yeah, no, it was Lair. Lair was the um the patronage of the was uh developed due to the patronage of the royal dynasty of Pamplona. Cool. Yes. All right. So 
he wasn't completely Inigo Arista, even though we mostly know of his battles and sure. his entanglements with the Banu Kasi. Mm-hmm. He wasn't completely out to lunch no, when it came to no. other nation building type mm-hmm. things. Sure. So I think um, he has to get a couple of points. I like the fact that the priest is able to travel into oh, uh, that's the another country, thing. travel yeah. between. Um, yeah, I, you know, because what it means is there's a, there's there's an intellectual infrastructure there. Yes, there um, is. there's a spiritual infrastructure there. Yeah, I'm city of God. That's a big one. That's a huge um, one. The Aeneid. The Aeneid. Yeah. Got the Aeneid back. Yeah. Um, that's wow. That's. I mean, it's so important. I'm I'm only thinking of City of God because, again, religious text. Yes, um, of course. So I'm wow. But I um, also think it's notable that it wasn't just religious texts that he right. Brought no, back. no, no. This is yeah. This it was just classics in general. Right. This is this is spiritualism, but it's also humanism. Um, yes. this is a big big deal. I'm impressed. I'm gonna say four. Yeah, I'm gonna um, give. A, I was thinking four too. It's, yeah, it's I'm a nice solid four. score. Right. It's like there's 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 nothing else, but man, this is a good one. If you just built a church or two, um, yeah. yeah, no, that's really that's really good. It's I really, really good. like that story. Yeah. Yep. All right. So that's an eight for orthodoxia. Final category is El Resto. What other mm. sort of things that did he leave behind? Well, he left behind I'm guessing we don't have a painting. <laughs> we do, actually. We do? Yes. They're all very oh, fanciful. Very oh, right. Um, but first of all, he left behind four children, one all of right. whom will inherit from him. Succeeded. Um, all right. Yes, succeeded. Uh, many of whom made uh, alliances through their marriages. Okay, so, right, you know, right. Building very, up that political infrastructure, very important. Definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. He did die peacefully after an illness, which right. I thinks, but mm-hmm. he was probably in his 60s or 70s mm-hmm. at the time. So yeah. he had a nice long life. No, I mean, I look at the rain and, you know, can't, if it starts at 824 and he mm-hmm. dies at 852, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's, that's over 20, you know, it's 20 seven years 28 years well 27 probably Mm -hmm. years um not bad at all particularly because individuals who declare themselves the king of an area that was recently occupied by someone else don't tend to live very long that is a that that's like opening a restaurant in manhattan the likelihood is you're gonna go under very quickly um, yeah. and and that by the way is the big one uh in terms of Eresto is he made himself king mm-hmm. uh and, and his and descendants that, continued and, on after him exactly so all right you, you started the franchise you know you, you you made a successful movie and now they're gonna make uh sequels um I wonder if when his mother married Fortune ibn Musa or Musa ibn Fortune that mm-hmm. he was like, I know what I'm going to do with my life now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know whose coattails yeah. I'm going to hang on right. to. Right. Uh, yes, we do have statues and paintings of him because he's oh, considered cool. the founder of the Kingdom of Navarre, right? Right. They're all There's very fanciful. A couple of, couple of them in Pamplona, I would imagine. Well, well, first of all, there is a statue in the Parque del Retiro along with all of the other kings. Here okay. it is. In you go, Arista. Oh. Oh, well, well, you know, he looks like all the others. He does. Um, that is a very generic that park uh, yes, statue. Because um, we don't really know much about. Right, right. Yes. But that is that is very much a 
we got the 12 pack uh, at Sam's Club mm-hmm. uh, statue. Yes. Um, nothing wrong with it. Just to be clear, there's it's not a bad statue. No, actually, it's, it's, fine. it's it's actually you know it's 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 perfectly fine. You it, you wouldn't, but you if you walked past it, you wouldn't give it a second glance. No, and I will say he looks much younger in this statue than mm-hmm. he will in the other oh. depictions of him. <laughs> so, okay, no, I'm because worried. he was older when he did finally pass. Right. Um, okay. okay. So this, oh god, this is the painting in the Prado. Wow. Um, as you can see, it is a different style of painter oh, as to different. the other kings. Right. All of all of the ones from Navarre will look like this. Okay, because he looks like Don Quixote a little bit. He looks like Don Quixote. He's got that mustache um, and the beard. He's got and feathers the beard. in his crown. And that's a very Don Quixote post. Don't he's better dressed than Don Quixote. I want to be well, yeah. Sure. And actually, actually, his armor is pretty badass. Well, it's got faces um, on it. It's got faces on it, and yes. and it's black. I mean, there's there's a lot to be said, but he doesn't. It's kind of like how do I put this? It's kind of like you put someone in Darth Vader's costume. But the person you put in his costume is Peter Sellers. Um, it just doesn't quite match up. Yeah. Um, but but I yeah, mean, they clearly got a different set of artists to do the Navarre kicks than they did no, for the other kicks clearly, in the Prado. Right. Um, um, I do have another painting of him. Okay. This is in All Pamplona. Right. All right. And it looks oh. like this. <laughs> Well, all right. He's this looks extra. more like what we normally see in the Prado. Yes, and but he looks like an extra from Spam a lot. He um, does. He has a pointy helmet. Yep. Yep. And he, uh, a you know a the, the standard smock tunic. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Again, it's not an embarrassing. It's just kind of generic, and it it's is. very clear nobody had any idea what the hell this guy looked like. Um, right. Exactly. Uh, we also have a modern. Uh, statue that is in okay. the Basque country. Oh dear! <laughs> oh, 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 oh! I love it. Oh. For those of you who are listening, before you go and check out our our Twitter and social media, where oh. I post all the pictures, it is basically a large column with a metallic circle on it to indicate oh. a shield. And another metallic circle with a square cut out of the middle to indicate a head. And then yeah. he's got a little like steel arm and he's holding a lance. Yeah, it, it kind of looks like Klimt made a statue <laughs> of a guy. That's basically, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I like it. I do. I like I it. I liked it too, which is why I decided to show you. But yeah, it's yeah. clearly about as accurate as the other pictures mm-hmm. that I've showed you. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Um, and the final one is from that Portuguese uh, gene- uh, genealogy of the kings of Portugal, the one where oh, they're all okay. in the trees. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here he is in the tree. Again, <laughs> old. Very old. Very old. Yep. Um, and it, it, is that a pet cat? Uh, I believe it is. You mentioned it. I believe that's... The acorns, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of a... Uh, well, now, of course, I'm immediately thinking of it as John and Garfield. 
like oh <laughs> don't go don't go taking those acorns they're not for you screw you i'm getting the acorns um well yeah this, I, his armor is gold rather than black and his right feet armor and, have toes in it yeah and uh, how many to too many six. toes six. six i just counted also very, why very is there AI. why is there a one single horny nipple on his breastplate. Oh, I don't think that's meant to be a nipple. But I'm I don't sure know it's not, it's... but that's what it is. I think it's a flower, but I don't okay. know why it's there. Well, all right. It's well, it's not a good one. Anyway, um, you you can see that it's that's... El Rey Dom Inhego. Yeah, you know, I I'm never bored. Uh, You're never with, bored with when one. you see these. No. All right. All right. So, what um, do we want to give a Frel Resto for his legacy and well, the things he I has think left? If your behind. legacy is a kingdom um and 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 obviously some some very lovely sculpture i don't know i gotta go i gotta score him fairly high here because establishes a kingdom survives for as long as he does uh successfully grows the kingdom Mm -hmm. uh has kids one of whom succeeds him um i'm gonna say six um because again you know, it's it's the if if you establish a kingdom, you're already going to get five, uh, and then they painted him with a cat. So I'm a little less it. impressed. Okay. I'm going to give a five, but I still right. think it is very good. Yes, um, considering, mm-hmm. but also because yeah. of because of the preserved uh, manuscripts, I'm also still very impressed with that as well. Yeah. All right. So that is an 11 for El Reso. And that means his total score is 33. Eh, 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 not eh, great, but not you bad. Know, not great. You know, it, it really falls into the category of given what, given the fact that in each category, there was basically one big thing that got him points. And that's yes. all we knew about. My sense is this is another instance of if we knew more about you, you would definitely get a higher score. But we don't. I think so, so you, but we yeah. just don't. Right. Well, that leads us to one final question. Is uh, Inigo Arista notable enough, powerful enough, kingy enough rulery enough for us to let him sign the fuero the charter of rights oh, for his people wow or do we tell him get out Ooh, this is tough i will um, say that when we typically talk about fueros when we yes. talk about charters of rights yes they were common throughout spain yeah but they are most strongly associated with the basque country Oh really? All right. Yeah. So just to throw guy, that out this there, this guy might literally have signed. He might uh, literally, yes. Yeah. And and the first to say Yo El Rey. Well, um, he did say Yo El Rey. I think we might have to give this to him on that technicality. Uh, you um, think he's a strong enough candidate? Uh, I mean, we've given it. I mean, he's he's not. He we've given it three times in a row now. Um, and we have given it three times in a row without hesitation because all three were awesome. Horrible in one case, but awesome. Yeah. I mean, yes, it, I kind it, of want to. Yeah, I I, I feel as though, yeah, I, I feel as though, yes, but it's on a technicality um, <laughs> in, in the sense that, look, if you are the only person who runs in the race, you are the fastest runner. And you technically win. I 
the fact is there wasn't a king. He said, I'm king. He was king. Yeah. And he, st- and he stayed king. Fine. That I, I think that's the death defining characteristic of anybody who signs the charter. Yeah. Um, it's, t- I, I mean, I, yeah, I think I have to agree with you. I don't yeah. like it. No, I don't like it either, but you know, you, you know facts are facts. Facts um, are facts. Well, all right. All right. Congratulations, Inigo Arista. You have been awarded the Fuero. You can sign the Charter of Rights right. with your people and join such illustrious right. compatriots as Abdel Rahman. But, but you, get the veget- and- you get the vegetarian option at dinner. You don't get the steak. <laughs> well, let us know what you think. Do you think Inigo Arista deserved the Fuero? Let us know. We have social media um, mm. and an email address at Gmail. They are all Spanish Arpada. We have a mm-hmm. website, which is SpanishArpada.com. Uh, we love to hear from fans. As a matter mm. of fact, I'm going to share a couple of tidbits that we got oh. from uh, fans <laughs> just today. All right. <laughs> I, I should be clear. We did not get these today. Peter alerted me to our very first one-star review on Apple oh, Podcasts. Oh, you got to love it. I, I'm going to read the entire thing. <laughs> the title is Liberal But Informative. and the review is ce should be enough said okay (laughs) now i had to think about this because this podcast started in the year 575 and i have never needed to make a distinction between bce and ce right i was never done it I've been racking my brains to try to think when I could have possibly said CEE. And I think the only time I did was in the background episode when we talked right. about the Punic Wars. I think that's right. So this Which... uh, so this person, unfortunately, is uh, checking out on us in episode one. Mm-hmm. We are too liberal for them on episode one. And I'm not sorry. Well, they're going to have uh, a bad time going forward. Yeah, that's it's it's not <laughs> great. I mean, uh, oh, that just made my morning. The other I'm review I wanted to yes. share with you. This is a less yes. um, recent review. I don't oh, know why okay. I thought it before. I, why I didn't see it before. It's from March. It is a four star review. Uh-huh. The title says almost perfect, and this person said that they had to take one star off because the host did not give fuero to the unsung hero of Al-Andalus, Muhammad the Saracen. Well, that is the that is the most correct review ever. That if is that is give, uh, I mean that is utterly valid. That is one hundred percent true. I, I and and that is boy, a correct yes. opinion. Yes, correct. He is he is he is Fuero in our heart. In our heart. Uh, I mean, the, the messenger who couldn't find Governor Abdel Rahman and ended up being and, in charge. And very involuntarily ended up <laughs> running things. Well, leave us more uh, reviews that will make us chuckle, and yes. we'll call you out on the podcast. Thank you. Yay! Yay! <laughs> All right, it is time for recommendations. Yes, I will go first this time. Okay. I am going to recommend an app that I've been using on my phone. It is a language learning app and it is called Uh Drops. D-R-O-P-S. Okay. This language learning app is specifically for vocabulary. So Ah. if if you struggle with grammar, it's probably not going to help you very much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is made by the same company that does Kahoot. So if you are familiar with Kahoot, you will notice that it looks... Like a lot like. it looks it looks very similar but it doesn't behave like it the things that i like about it the most mm-hmm. number one it relates words 
two pictures. When mm-hmm. it first presents the word to you, it will present it in the language you are learning and it will say it out loud so you can hear the pronunciation. Nice. And then it will show you what it means in English. But after that, it will not show you what it means in English unless you specifically like tap on it. Right. Oh, all so right. After nice. that, it's just target language word to picture. Hmm. Right. This is why it's a vocabulary app because once you get past basic nouns and adjectives and things like that, it's hard to illustrate. Okay. Right? The breadth of categories that it has is very, very impressive. Jaw-dropping? Okay, yes, all it right. It splits them up into groups of about 15, maybe 20, um, mm-hmm. and it will give you a bunch of vocabulary in that category. So, for example, the first category for numbers is just called numbers, and it has 1 through 10, and then okay. 20, you know, uh, 11, 12, and then 20. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is the set. You learn them that once you complete that, it unlocks the next ca- category, which is called more numbers. And it will tell you how to say like hundred and thousand and stuff like that. Bigger okay. numbers. Uh, then there will be one you unlock that is counting and it will uh, contrast counting numbers with um, ordinal numbers. Oh, example, wow. Right. All right. And so they're all very limited in scope. There's a certain amount of spaced repetition. So, for example, Mm. if you're working on the uh, one about animals, for example, Mm -hmm. you could be going through and practicing the animals, and then all of a sudden you'll get the number eight from when you were studying numbers a couple days ago, right? Just to remind you. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Here are some things that I, well, that I'm ambivalent on. Okay. You can use it for free, which is what I'm doing. If you use it for free, you get five minutes of study every 10 hours. I like this because it's easy to pick up and put down. True. Right? True. I'm like, all right, for 10 minutes at the or five minutes at the beginning of the day, five minutes at the end of the day, mm, I can work mm-hmm. on my vocabulary. Okay. If you pay for it, then then this restriction is limited. Okay. You can also open the app at any time and watch a uh, an ad and get another minute. Oh, all right. Right. I usually do that when it's close to um close to the 10 hour limit, right? So I'll go sure, there and I'll sure. watch one and then I'll get six minutes. Okay. So uh, yeah. So I like it because I'm pretty busy and five minutes twice a day is about what I have for vocabulary review. But of Mm -hmm. course you can pay for it and then you can do as much as you want. Do it as right. A little more intensively. All right. Um, The pronunciations seem to be fine. Um, okay. they, they don't they don't sound wrong to me, but then again, I'm not a native speaker. So. Right. Um, And the, the, illustrations seem to be pretty clear as to what right. what they are right hmm. so you're not going to be like oh i'm not is that a bank or oh i did have a problem with the cathedral and the castle they look very similar <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> but in general the pictures are very good and like i said it's free you can try it out and if you like it then maybe mm. you can you can pay money for it if you like but that all is right. my recommendation if you are nice. learning another language and you want just a lot of vocabulary the drops mm. app d-r-o-p-s drops. okay it's very nice. slick i like it a lot very slick all right well my recommendation is based on your recommendation last week last week you recommended a trilogy of books and i uh realized that i had recently been rereading a trilogy uh, of books and this is a guy who should be more popular than he is in my opinion his name is joe abercrombie needless to say he is british 
uh, uh, A-B-E-R-C-O-C-R-O-M-B-I-E, Abercrombie. Okay. The style of, he's a fantasy writer. I, I, I will describe him sort of a George R.R. R. Martin type, in, except for the fact that he uh, finishes books. So I mean, I'm, that's a big, good. I'm, I'm already a big fan. And also, unlike George R. R. Martin, he knows when to stop expanding the narrative. He knows when to, okay, I've got 18 characters. That's too many. I'm going to kill a couple and then I'm going to stay under 15 for the rest of this. He does nice. not just expand and expand and expand and expand. But other than that, there is a there is a very similar quality to the what I will call moral tone and sense of humor that is very George R.R. R. Martin. Mm. Uh, the characters are not conventionally virtuous in any way. They are uh, very articulate, but not always uh, intelligently articulate. And what it is, is it is it is a fantasy series set in a time of crisis in a very old republic uh, slash kingdom that is on the verge of being invaded uh, by ancient enemies. A group of very uninterested heroes who are drawn together by a somewhat sinister puppet master into saving the world. And uh, yeah, they're just uh, very well-drawn characters. He has a very good overall sense of humor. At the same time, the novel feel the novels feel very lived in. Mm -hmm. uh, he's 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 the guy who does the world building, but then just lets the world speak for itself. He doesn't shove it down your throat. That's good. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, I enjoy it very much. My favorite character starts off as somebody who is a professional torturer. And, and then over the course of the novel becomes the only one with a moral compass and, and is sort of horrified to discover that he's a good person. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, because it's so inconvenient. Oh um, yeah. So it's, 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 and as I say, it's, it's very funny. Uh, it, it's also very dark. It's, it's quite thrilling. And I, you know, as I say, I, I really recommend it. The series, uh, by the way, is called The First Law. It's called The First Law Trilogy. Three books, uh, worth checking out the first one. And if you like it, the good news is he recently finished a second trilogy, which apparently is just as good as the first. Uh, I'm rereading the first so I can go into the second. Nice. Uh, first. Yeah. Awesome. So there you go. Joe Abercrombie, Abercrombie, excuse me, the first law trilogy. I will look that up. Yep. All right. I think next time we're going to check in with Barcelona, see what has oh, happened good. since 820. And yes. now that Vera has uh, yes. retired off to uh, to eat cheese in the French right. countryside. Yes. Lucky. lucky. And yes. <laughs> we'll check in on him and then we'll go back to the north and see how Alfonso II's uh inheritors get on with oh. <laughs> all right so that's where we're going from here we will see you then all right bye bye